following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provost with you today from Rainy. Yankee Stadium and the Twins and the Yankees. Hopefully baseball coming up later on this afternoon. Final game and the rubber game of this three-game weekend series. If and when we do start this ball game today, it'll be Michael Pineda in his return to the Bronx pitching today for the Twins. And Domingo Herman, a hard-throwing right-hander 5-1 and one, opposing for New York. Our guest on our Sunday show, great to have him back on the program, Twins bench coach Derek Shelton. Derek, thanks for your time. Thank you. What's going on this morning? Well, all is well, we hope, as we watch the rain fall here in the Bronx. And unusual, at least from my perspective, and you can offer a different take on this, in that we all found out mid-game yesterday that today's game was going to be pushed back unusual for me, unusual for you and the staff. Yes, I think very much so, especially when you're talking about a venue like New Yankee Stadium. They don't usually change game times, but uh, we kind of found out mid-game that there may be a possibility of it. But from watching the weather right now, I think it was a smart move. And I think anytime you can be proactive and not have guys sit around in clubhouses for multiple hours, I think they did the right thing. Is that the challenge when you've, you have any rain delay? Is just guys trying to occupy time productively, before they find out if a game will get going? Right, and I think, you know, this is different because this is one of the new luxury ballparks, so there's, you know, a lot of nice things to do in this uh, in this clubhouse, and the food's good, and the cage is workable, and, the, you know, we can do a lot of work, even that, but if it's a 1 o'clock game and our bus is at 9 o'clock and then guys get here at, you know, 9.30, it's different than having a 12 o'clock bus, 12.30 for a 4 o'clock because of the fact if we weren't going to play till 4 o'clock anyway, then we're adding – you know, three hours of being at the ballpark of just boredom and, and you know, sitting around doing nothing. And the last thing you want is is you want, you know, guys that are well-conditioned athletes to be sitting around doing nothing. You would rather them get the extra sleep, the rest and recovery, you know, especially when you're on a road trip. So the fact that the Yankees did it, I think, is a nice thing, an yeah. important thing. You know, map it out, if you can, for us and, and the listeners who, who maybe will find this interesting about the time for players leading up to game time. At what point, hour, two hours before, do the card games stop and, and the work to prepare their body, whether it's in the weight room, the training room, work in the cage, work in the bullpen, does that actually begin as you get closer to game time? Well, it's funny. I think for different people, it, it starts at different times. You know, there's uh, younger players, I think, as we all know, when you're younger, you get loose faster and you're able to get your body going. But, uh, you know, for veteran players, it could start two, two and a half hours before if they're sitting in the weight room, stretching out, doing different things, whether they're going to uh, – you know, whether they're going to get taped, whether they're going to get stretched, all those things. So I think it's different for most guys, but I would say two hours before a game is when guys start to lock it in. And I think it's important in, in like rain situations when you talk about this, especially for starting pitchers, is they have a very set routine. So, and that's usually 45 to 50 minutes before they start 
before the actual game time. So whether they're stretching is, what they're doing, when they're going to get rubbed down, all those things come into play. So it's important for knowing the specifics of a game time. Twins bench coach Derek Shelton, our guest here at Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. As for the game yesterday, Twins winning 7-3. Jake Odorizzi is a guy you, you've been around a long yeah. time, going back to your days with him in Tampa Bay and with the Rays. He, he's really throwing the ball well. Why? What, what's different about Jake this year than what you saw last year? Well, I, th- I think there's a, a couple different things. I think the way he's using his fastball this year is better. It's more consistent. It's probably closer to what he was doing early in the year or earlier in his career when he was in Tampa and wasn't as consistent with it last year. And then I also think the uh, the mix of breaking pitches and how he's using them, when he's using them, has become a different factor. And I think that's a credit to him. It's a credit to you know our advanced guys and Wes and Hef in terms of putting together a plan. And you know he's ran run through some pretty good lineups. You know, it's not like he, he's run through guys that can't hit. I mean, running through that lineup yesterday with, with some of those guys and navigating it, uh, it's good to see. So it's nice to see Jake throwing the ball well. It's nice to see him throwing the ball consistently well. And he's throwing harder too, isn't he? We, I think his last pitch last night was about 93, 94 miles an hour. Yeah, and I think when you – I think with pitchers, you know, those guys that range, and it seems funny, but go from 90 to 94, that when you start to feel more comfortable, when you start to get in a groove, when you start to stay more consistent with the things you're doing, then you can see that uptick in velocity, you know, and I would, I would bet in that last inning, he knew pitch wise, he, you know, I think he started that inning at 91 and he knew it was probably going to be his last inning. So when you get to the end there and you're at 97, 98, you're going to give everything you got. Offensively. Also yesterday, the twins hit uh, three home runs. They put up seven runs. Eddie Rosario snapped a lengthy over. I asked Danny this on the air yesterday. I'm sure Eddie was aware it had been a while since he got a hit, but are, but are hitters ever aware of the actual number, like 0 for 26, 0 for 27? <laughs> yeah, I think they are, and it's funny. I actually told Rocco after the game last night, I was like, did you know Rosie was at 0 for 26? And he's like, yeah, somebody mentioned it in the pregame. <laughs> and I think the reason why with Rosie is his at-bats had still been really good. And, you know, I mean, he hit a ball the other night. There was a line drive that got caught in the gap that I think Reddick caught in the gap. He had a line drive the night before that was right back through into the shift. So it's not like he hasn't had good at-bats. It not, I mean, he had a productive at-bat the other day where he got somebody over and we got a guy in. So he's had productive at-bats. He's hit the ball hard. He just really hasn't had any luck. And I know people don't talk about luck in the game anymore, but, we, you know, we can quantify that now mm-hmm. with speed off bat and what guys are doing in different situations. So the fact that uh, – the fact that he broke the the streak, I'm really happy for, but I don't think the quality of his, his at-bats have been that much different. When you advise Rocco on the lineup day in and day out, in, in the case of, of Rosario or any player that finds himself in a slump, how do you determine if it's time to sit a guy or let him keep on swinging, keep on playing, and you know that maybe tonight something will change? Well, I think it's different with different guys. I mean, let, we can take Rosie, for example. We knew we were coming into New York. We knew we were getting two left-handers. We knew Rosie had played a ton. So, actually, Rocco and I talked about it, and I sat down with Rosie and said, which one of the two days you know, would you rather have? Would you rather have the first day? Would you rather have second day? Because you're getting one of the two days. And, like, for his sake, he chose the first day coming in because it gave him a little more time coming through the travel and, and doing that. With some other guys, we look at it in terms of how many days in a row they've played, you know, what the consistency of their bats are. And it's not to say that some nights we don't say, hey, such and such isn't going to play tomorrow and he has a really good game and we may ride with it a little bit, but we try not to be too reactionary and we try to make sure there's a, there's a couple different things. We try to make sure – that the bench guys are going to play because it's important to get keep everybody involved. But it's also important to the guy you have on the mound and keeping your guys in a role. And the fact that we had so many off days early in the season, it seemed like we weren't 
playing as many people, but they were getting days off. And when you have a club like we do that's not a platoon split club, the guys that are going to play every day, you kind of keep them out there. But it's it's a daily conversation. It's probably something Rocco and I spend more time on than anything else, trying to be proactive. We're usually four or five days out on, on what we're going to do lineup-wise. Uh, great stuff there from Derek Shelton. We'll take our first break on the show, come back. We'll talk more about the offense, and also we'll get some thoughts from Derek about what's going on in the minor leagues, specifically Miguel Sano, and even if he's keeping tabs of a guy like Alex Kirloff, who made his double-A uh, 2019 uh, debut earlier in the week. It's Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew. We'll take a break, come back. We're from Yankee Stadium on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Twins bench coach Derek Shelton. I want to go back to the lineup when we finish the first segment on that lineup. But Mitch Garver, I think, has been in the leadoff spot now four or five times. When did you first come up with the idea? And we saw it a little bit in spring training that Garver against a lefty might, might actually play. Yeah, I, we talked about it in spring training. I mean, I think we talked about Garver being up there. We talked about Astadio being up there. And I think Astadio may have hit up there. I don't know if it was in a regular season game or a, a spring training game. He hit uh, he hit up there. But it's just the the, the different function of our lineup in, in putting someone up there. And Garver's taken to it. He, I mean, we did it in the spring a little bit just to kind of get his feet wet on it. But it just changed it up. I mean, we didn't face a left-hander until, and you would probably know the exact number. Wade Miley. Yeah. Wade Miley last week, right? So like 30 games in, yeah. we hadn't faced a left-hander, so we'd run the same line lineup out at least, you know, one through four, one through five. So it just changes it up. It gives uh, it gives pitchers a different look. You know, we've kept two, three, four together, and then Kep has moved a little bit. But I, I think, you know, with what Mitch's skill set is, it, it does a good job. It's not – you don't have to traditionally think as a leadoff hitter as a speed guy because as – you know, people that watch from all over the Twin Cities, the Maynard area, and they know that, hey, we're not, uh, you know, we're not a team that's going to yeah. run a ton. Buck's going to run. But so, you know, why not put a guy that we feel is one of our better hitters against left-handers and controls the zone in that spot? Does the, does the makeup of this team remind you of the Baltimore teams, say, four or five years ago that you competed against in the American League East? They would hit a ton of home runs. They would not steal a lot of bases, but that was how they were a power for about four or five years in the American League. Yeah, I think so. And I think you know, there's a little consistency with those teams in terms of the power aspect. The one thing that's different, I think, on, on our club this year is, as compared to watching those clubs and not having been there is I think we do a really good job of running the bases. And I know th- it's a point of emphasis that we made in spring training, but you'll see, and you've seen it, you've seen Jonathan Scope go first to home. You saw C.J. go first to third the other day, and by no means, although C.J. likes to tell people he's fast. By, by <laughs> no, sprint speed? No. Yeah, yeah, not so much. Uh, so, But, you know, things like that I think are very important. We had a situation, you know, in the Houston game where we got a guy over and got a guy in. Now, again, that was with Bucket third, and we ran a contact read, and the ball was hit about 35 feet, and we got a, uh, we got a run in. But the fact that we had gotten the guy over the, you know, the – the hitter before so I think that's important so I think there is some you know some common things but I think the one thing that that we've emphasized and our guys have done a good job of is they've done a nice job on the basis yeah we saw that certainly the game on, on Thursday it was just the one home run that Castro hit and the twins still put up eight runs right and the base running certainly played into that win you mentioned the name Williams Zostadio earlier in this segment his absence has it been really noticeable in this series with the lefties that you've seen so far yeah I think so I mean I, I think there's that's the one play where we probably could have, we probably could have done a little, little bit things differently, you know, in terms of how we were gonna how we run the function of our lineup, and it really hasn't 
showed its head because of the fact that we had not faced any any left-handers. And the one big thing about it is, is you know, Dio hits right-handers and left-handers. It just gives us a different look for people, and he gives people a different look because of you know what his skill set is and how aggressive he is. Now we have definitely not missed him because he hasn't shut up for you know six <laughs> games in the in the dugout, and he's still the same guy yeah. he is. But you know we we need that. He's uh, he's fun to have in there. But in terms of that end, we have not missed him. Do Do you think that he'll need a rehab with the injury that he that he is currently dealing with right now, or, or what's your take on that? I don't know. It's uh, I would I would lean towards no. I don't think we ever rule it out depending on you know how his rehab goes. I think he's on day six. You know the fact that we've had rain the last last couple of days is has hurt us because he was supposed to be on the field taking ground balls these two days in terms of his rehab protocol I know he did catch a bullpen yesterday you know the one thing that's different for him compared to any other regular position player is well number one he's not a regular position player because he catches he plays third he plays first he's played left and right so there's a different uh, there's a different movement pattern in different muscles that are used so we're not training a guy to get ready to play one place he's going to have to move laterally he's going to have to move back there's going to have to be sprint side to side and he's going to have to squat so with something like that we're going to make sure that when he comes back he's ready because you know we do not need a reaggravation so we will probably take more time than less time to make sure that he's 100%. Is there one position you want to back him off of when he does come back because of the injury that he that he's dealing with right now? I don't think so, and I think that's why we'll be so proactive on the front end, making sure that he is healthy. Because he, the valuable piece that he is to our club, when you have a guy like him and, and Marwin that can you know jump around, we saw it with Marlon, you know, the way he's played third base and then two nights ago throwing out two guys on the bases. When you have guys that are that flexible, if it takes an extra two or three days of health-wise for him, for him to be ready to play all those positions, then we need to do that. So I think on the front end, we'll make sure that he's ready to play instead of having him being more position-specific. Shifting gears now and, and going to the bullpen in, in Saturday's win, Blake Parker came in in the seventh. And then Taylor Rogers, you had him up just in case for the ninth inning, even though it wasn't a safe situation. Is it still mixed and match, or with the way Rogers has been throwing pretty much all year long, as we chat here today, is he the Twins closer? No, I would say, well, number one, you need to ask that question to the guy that sits next to me. Okay. <laughs> but uh, number two, answering a little bit for him, I would say no, I don't think so. Uh, I think, you know, I think Rock did a really good job last night in terms of watching the matchups of where we went to park. I think it's the first time we've gone to park in the seventh. And mm -hmm. and with what they had going and, and where we were at, it was where we had the matchups. And then he also knew who, if we worked through it, where Raj was going to get in the ninth. So I think you're going to see those guys work to who the matchups are and how they do it. And when you have both guys that – you know, are resilient. You know, you saw Park go an inning and a third last night. You've seen, I think, Raj go an inning and a third, maybe inning and two thirds. When you have guys like that at the end of the game, you can work, you can work your matchups and and kind of do it. And it played out, and it, I mean, it worked out great. All right, we'll take a break, come back, and have one final segment here with Derek Shelton. Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew, and we're back from New York next on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Derek Shelton. The rain falling here in New York. Hopefully baseball coming up today. Michael Pineda for the Twins and Domingo Herman rubber game of this three-game weekend series. We wrapped up the last segment about the guy you sit next with. And for those who listen, but those who also watch Twins games on TV, we often see you and Rocco chatting constantly during the game for for those that are on the outside looking in what the bulk of the time what, what's going on in, the, in that conversation <laughs> there's a lot of things that go on in that conversation you know the a lot of it is baseball related 
A lot of it. Some not of it. all. Not all of it. But a lot. Basically. No, okay. because if you're sitting and it's baseball related for, for three and a half straight hours, you know, there's there has to be some levity to it. And I think as you've been around me, you know that I tend to add that yeah. a little bit. Just, and, a, just a titch. And, and Rocco does the same thing. So there will be different things that we talk about during the game. I mean, I don't think there's, you know, there's never a time we're missing a pitch or, or – People may think we're missing stuff, but <laughs> but we don't feel we are. But yeah, we talk about we talk about a wide variety of uh, a wide variety of topics during the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's 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 a funny thing. It's a good back and forth. I mean, I think the one thing, and I know this has been stated by both Rocco and myself, is we've been friends for a long time, so it made this transition a lot easier. So we're very comfortable with each other. So. There's a, there's a lot of different things that's that's been talked about. You joined us on this show earlier in the season during interleague play in in Philadelphia, in fact, and and Rocco mentioned you after one of the games. It was the second game. How things were going so fast, and you really helped him get him through that early interleague stretch of the season. Now that that Rocco's had more than thirty games in that seat, has it been at a slower pace for him, or things still pretty rapid fire here next to him? I think at times it's uh, it, at times it's rapid fire, but I. I don't think it's because he's been sitting there for 40 games. I think it gets fast for anybody that sits in that role. You know, I mean, guys that have managed for a long time will tell you, but there's times that it ramps up. And I think that's why when you build a support system around you and the conversation and, you know, the, the, you know, the stuff that Rocco lets me do and the voice he lets me have, it has been very helpful in that. So it's a constant conversation. And then we, you know, there's also other people included. It's not just me. I mean, there's constant conversations with Wes. You know, I asked Bill Evers things. We talked to J-Row about things. So, you know, and, you know, you'll see Tony stand next to him when we're, when we're doing infield positioning stuff. And then, well, Rocco, one of Rocco's greatest strengths is just overall outfield stuff because he had done it for three years and, you know, was a really good outfielder for a long time. So he and Tommy are constantly talking. And I think that's one of the – the really good things that Rock did is he built a really good staff. He built a staff that likes to be around each other. We enjoy being around each other, but also listens and, and communicates with each, with each other within the game. I got a kick out of this yesterday watching you take the lineup card out before the game. It was Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. And as you're handing out the lineup card, you've got Darth Vader, you've got Chewie out there, yeah. and you have your hands on your hips. What's going on in that moment? Yeah, well, the, Phil Nevin, the uh, – the Yankees third base coach. I don't think he was as all in on Chewy and, and Darth Vader being out there. And and I may or may not have made a comment to the umpires about the the dark side and okay. the evil side. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, I mean, anytime you have stuff like that, I mean, it just makes the it makes that lineup exchange a little bit more fun. And I like that you went out there for that. I mean, of all guys to go out there on that day. Yeah, it was I my think turn. It was, the perfect, it was, yeah, your it was turn. It was my turn. It was your turn. You know, I mentioned this at the top as we have about three minutes left in our show is that, you know, Miguel Sano is rehabbing right now at Double A, just got down there. Also, Alex Kirilov right. uh, just began his season after the wrist injury kept him out. Let's begin first with Sano. How often are you checking in on his progress? Daily. Daily. I talked to uh, I talked to Sammy Palazzo yesterday morning. He's down there. He's one of our special advisors. Uh, I know Rocco talked to Ramon Borrego, who's the manager in uh, Pensacola, about it. And talked to Jeremy Zoll yesterday, who's there about it, the the farm director. So saw what he did last night. I know he had a ribby, he had a walk. Uh, you know, the reports are good. So, yeah, that's a daily thing. I mean, I think we check on our guys daily in the minor leagues anyway. But when you have a guy that's, you know, one of your one of your major league players, it's a, it's a daily thing checking in. And when he does come back, when we see him for the first time, if it's a target field, great. If it's on the road here in the near future, the question for Rocco has been, 
boy, how do you get all these guys on the field at the same time? Is it a good problem to have? It's a great problem to have. When you have guys that that are coming back from rehab that are major league players, it just makes your major league team better. So, and the, I think the other thing is the functionality we have with Astadio, we have with Marwin, we have with AD. You know, Garver can go play first if we have to. He can go play left. Rosie can come in and play the infield. We have a bunch of different moving parts, so it just makes it a little bit easier for us to do it. it, it this is hypothetical, but if Miguel was healthy to start the year, if you were going to just kind of imagine – where Marwin was going to play the most. You know, we've speculated up here that maybe it was first base. You'd have kind of a, a righty-lefty platoon if it mapped out that way with Crone and Marwin. But when Miguel is back, do you see Marwin playing one spot more than others? No, I don't. I think he'll bounce around. Okay. I think he'll play third. I think he'll play first. You know, uh, is there a chance he could play left and right? Could he play second? Could he play? I mean, he, the thing with Marwin is he can play everywhere. And, you know, we were fortunate. We've played Houston already two series, so you're able to go in and talk to their staff about him, and they rave about him, and they rave about his ability to play different positions. So I, I think we're very fortunate to have him. Let's close with this. Uh, Alex Kirilov, a guy that you got a chance to watch in camp, and he was fantastic, and he had the injury that kept him out. Uh, is, is he one of the guys in the minor leagues you're watching closely? Yeah. Excited about Alex yeah. Kirilov. You know, I mean, the running joke in spring training is he's Nate Domino, our replay coordinator, who made a great call yesterday. Yeah. On a tag. Yeah. Great call on a challenge. Yesterday, he's his favorite player, and he made sure we got him into as many games as possible. Every day he was in <laughs> my uh, my area, like, when's Kirilov playing? So uh, I think what we saw early on from Alex in the spring was him, was him getting his feet wet, and you really didn't know how the swing was going to play. And then about halfway through, you saw that why he could hit and the reasons. He stays behind the ball, and what he does with his lower half, that's special. This kid's going to hit. He's going to be a good hitter. He's fun to be around, you know, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited he's back on the field. When you have guys that are that talented, you want them to be on the field. Hey, thanks for joining us. Really All appreciate right. your time today. Derek Shelton joining us inside Twins. Stay tuned. We have the Donna Realty pregame show coming up next. Twins baseball coming up right here on your home for Twins baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.